0: My dear, sweet QueerStake, we have gathered here today to listen to my second interview ever. Uh, you see, when I started asking around for interviews last year, the first place I turned to was the queer steak community on Tumblr. And when Steve responded to the request, I was really surprised and kind of wary because I'd never interacted with him before, so I had zero idea how this interaction was going to go. We ended up meeting at a park, and within the first minute, he set me at ease with his friendly, casual demeanor. He just really jumped right into the conversation, and I I can't thank him enough. This ended up being my favorite interview in the first batch that I did. This episode is a short one. You see, I was recording with my phone, and unfortunately, during the interview, I received a phone call which stopped the recording. I thought I had started again, but it turns out, uh, nope, not the case. It's been a year, and I still kick myself over it. Anyway, sit back, soak in the sun, and enjoy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I the time with the queer Mormon that was good.
0: Yeah, it's time time with the queer Mormon. <laughs>
1: Maybe you've used that one already, maybe you don't need a recording of it.
0: Um, no I haven't. Like I thought it, but I, I haven't used it. Um, yeah, it's time of the queer Mormon and we have stories, they need to be shared. For example, um, like I, I haven't seen the Coming Clean start and, you Um oh yeah, I started recording. Okay. Yeah. Um, like these coming cleans that what it is the HBO special.
1: Um I know you're not making up that title, but I can't remember much more about it.
0: I don't, I, that could be the Scientology documentary. Oh, that's
1: true. <laughs> clear? Isn't it becoming clear? clear? Clear is a Scientology term for, like, how you progress.
0: Okay, then that's probably what it is. Towards being ready for the yeah.
1: alien rapture, or whatever they believe in. Yeah. So. It's um, a fun rapture. Sure, why? If you're going to have a rapture, include yeah. aliens, man. Um,
0: um, so. Yeah, yeah, anyway, but, like, that's about... A straight dude and how he and okay, I should probably watch it first. But like from my understanding, like the dude is straight. And like yeah, he's like coming, figuring out like yeah, this isn't cool. Like what's happening to the queer members of the church? Um, but he's a straight dude oh. is is the thing. And like we so should about tell queer
1: Scientologists.
0: Um, no. Or are you I wish. No, sorry. The this is about believer now believe
1: is that what it is so the HBO one that just came out with the guy from imagine Dragons. yes yeah that's called believer that's called believer okay
0: wow yeah i was way off
1: and i haven't seen it yet either yeah although i have been meaning to see it since i first heard about it yeah but i keep on not being in the right space to watch it knowing that it will be triggering so i probably should just watch it but um
0: like i don't doubt that like people love it It's just, again, like the fact that... Uh,
1: People who who I've... Like, I'm on two different um, kind of... Sorry to interrupt you. Support groups on Facebook for... One is uh, Fathers and Affirmation, which is a secret group. Mm -hmm. I'm not supposed to say who's in it or whatever. And there are a lot of men in it who haven't decided to come out or anything like that. It's very secret. And then another one that's the same thing but with um, uh, men of all religions or no religion, but also dads, basically, Mm -hmm. former current dads formerly married usually and currently gay yeah and um so there's a whole thread on there about believer and people's reactions to it and most of them are like yeah i cried i knew i would but mostly i'm just really angry yeah and um so that's interesting for me to have read because now not only do i have to be alone so no one so i i'm less you know worried about people seeing me cry although I go to movies with people and cry in front of them anyway all the time so I probably shouldn't care but um, I'm not sure like I don't want to watch it and then immediately go talk to Mormons in case I'm mad at them or something yeah but anyway so yeah those that's it's interesting that an ally should tell our story quote-unquote but Mm -hmm. maybe allies well this maybe non allies who are straight will listen in a different way
0: yeah know. it's true i should have used
1: the term ally um that's okay yeah there's no should have coulda woulda whatever yeah it happened i I've, i ch- track i check in what is the word i plug in i guess to those pc terms here and there Mo- especially lately because so in baltimore when i left the when i stopped going to church and technically leave the church um which is maybe which i'm sure says something but i'm I'm not really that interested in what it says about me. <laughs> it's it's just uh, a thing. So when I stopped going to church, I knew I would miss choir, because I like to sing in groups. Singing alone is fun, too, but usually too scary to be really fun. And uh, so I joined the Baltimore Gay Men's Chorus. Well, actually, it's called the Baltimore Men's Chorus. The gay is silent. <laughs> and it uh, has rainbows on it and full of gay men, but it has always been called that for 35 years. And the other choruses tease us, but we don't care, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, I love that group of men. And we have two straight guys and two trans guys. And the, the president of the chorus is so hardworking and has really turned it around, but he's incredibly PC. Like one time I said, when during a game night, that I was wearing a wife beater. And he's like, do we really have to use that term? Shouldn't we be saying tank top? And I was like, you stopped the game because of the term I used in my little story? But it's interesting because he has a point of obviously, um, he has insisted that we start using the multicultural rainbow flag. Why not? Of course we should. Um, But other people just roll their eyes sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so, and I can feel both, see both sides of that a little bit. So anyway, ally, whatever. Um, That's almost a story. That's like a little moment, the wife beater moment, right? um interesting Is can I ask more about you for yeah. a minute? so uh, we're you're in getting your degree or just finished I just finished in undergrad or graduate graduate from uh, School of the Art Institute of Chicago oh that's right I <laughs> read that okay so <laughs> the internet confirms <laughs> um okay and that's an MFA yes okay yeah. cool
0: congratulations thank you that's cool that was a fun program
1: I bet so this is not this project is not necessarily in, in the pursuit of the next degree, just in pursuit of professional and yeah personal whatever, yes. writing in the future. Okay, cool. Just checking. Just interesting to. I don't know. The context is slightly different if it's a postgraduate, if it's a professional project or like a non-school project versus a school project. Right. Know. Yeah.
0: No, non-school. Yeah. Cool. Like inspired in school, but non-school.
1: And are we don't I don't want to use up too much memory on, on your story. You can tell me later, maybe. But um, I presume that you are queer and a Mormon. Yeah. Okay. So um, that's that makes sense that you'd yeah. be interested. Therefore,
0: <laughs> and that'd be a plot twist if I was actually straight. I know, just You're an like, ally. <laughs> wait a second.
1: <laughs> Didn't you just criticize the other ally? Just to say, sec- not criticize, but like question, right?
0: Yeah. I'm not like other
1: allies. I'm a cool ally. That's right. Yeah. Not me. So okay, let's see. Mormon and gay. Um, this story is. I'm gonna warm up with a story that I don't think is good enough, but I'll just start with it anyway. Okay. So there's a guy that I, um, I'm, I, you know, if, if I'm asked in an explicit way how open I am about um, hooking up with people and stuff like that, then I would say, yeah, I do mm. that, and um, I totally am not trying to copy the Mormon model with a dude instead of a woman. Yeah. Uh, I've. I don't believe in the Mormon church anymore. I don't believe in the law of chastity. I don't believe in um, saving myself from marriage or anything like that. So I've hooked up with uh, many guys, and one of the guys I hooked up it turns out he was a Mormon. I didn't know that ahead of time. Yeah. And um, so we had a lot to talk about. Uh, and um, he's a very, and this is why I think it's a bad story, because it's really about him, not me. But um, what what I did notice about him is that, unlike me, where I feel like I kind of, don't have or need or miss religion he is incredibly involved in eastern religions buddhism and meditation and he has all these cool bowls in his house that help you meditate and he leads meditations lots of prayer flags and batik clothing and all this other stuff that's a huge part of his life like as much or more i would i'm sure he spends as much time on that as maybe even a mission president spends on things, or certainly a state president, right? Right. Like, so lots and lots of time. And I do spend time on the men's chorus, but no, nothing more than just a, not as much as I used to spend on church. The joke is is that I used to go to the gay bar as much as I used to go to church when mm-hmm. <laughs> I first came out. Because um, people would say, how oh, have you been to the Baltimore Eagle? And I said, uh, yeah, <laughs> sometimes three times a week. So, um, and that has been kind of the interesting thing is to uh, the tribe feeling of being Mormon is fair ver- is, is is very uh, durable. And um, like I was I was wearing a BYU polo shirt because it looked g- good on me and I yeah. liked it. and then I decided out, out of the blue to go to the gay bar and I didn't have a shirt to change into. so it's like, okay, here I go. I'm gonna wear my BYU polo shirt to the gay bar in Baltimore. <laughs> and beeline two people what are you doing wearing that shirt (laughs) did you go to BYU I'm a Mormon too and I was like okay that's cool Uh, does your bishop know you're here what's going on (laughs) and they uh, he had been raised Mormon the first guy and hadn't really actually technically the second guy wasn't Mormon he was Catholic but he was from Utah so he knew Mm -hmm. BYU but both of them were just like you know that feeling of of being with someone, being being a part of something is huge, right? The yeah. mafia or the tribe of being in the same boat with other people no matter where you may end up. And there's so many people who like bear their testimonies about the consistency of the church, right? I went to church in Russia. I went to church in Spain. I went to church in Africa. It was exactly the same as back in Utah, which actually is not an unadulterated good. Uh, those places should probably have something of their own in their church, yeah, in their worship, so that it's not like whatever was good in utah is not necessarily good for cameroon i don't feel like these these are like characters instead of stories that's okay that's fine um so the the one guy that i met is he's an interesting guy he's uh, really overweight he has tattoos and uh, piercings and hasn't been mormon for any of his adult life basically um but has been gay and mostly out i would say very you know sex positive horny whatever you want to call it down for sex whatever it's yep. not, not hung up on having sex with people but um or not having sex with people but the uh the other place I saw him was at Bears, Bikers and Mayhem so Bears, Bikers and Mayhem is a a little bear event that also has a fetish S&M event a component to it um and very intimidating I was like this sounds really fun because there's dudes walking around mostly naked and that's hot but you know what i mean what am i gonna how is is this me what's gonna happen so i was way not gonna go and then um somebody invited me at the last second and so i was like oh fine i'll just go and see how i do and it was nerve-wracking but um actually not very other feeling surprisingly and but then this friend of mine this other former mormon was there And even though this event is for people who are overweight right Mm -hmm. bears yeah of all of all types chub bears muscle bears uh, ottery bears whatever non-bear bears hairless bears whatever you want to call it cubs cubs yeah Yeah. who knows so um it's supposed to be a safe place for big dudes to be right yeah not everybody's supposed to be sculpted in six pack and whatever and he's a big dude and he was so hot and cold about it like he would be like this is so amazing and five minutes later, yeah. I'd walk up to him, and he'd be like, this is horrible. People aren't hitting on me. I hit on people, and they don't like it. I'm like, dude, it's still real life. It's not like a magical mystery yeah. land where everyone wants you just because you came to this event where we've taken over the hotel and everyone's in their jock straps. That doesn't change real life, uh, which I didn't really say in those terms because that makes it sound like real life should be horrible for him too. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I mostly just said it in terms of, like, I just be yourself just be the same way you are outside of this event as you would be in this event right or uh, uh, vice versa and um, I think in his case I I can't tell if it's his upbringing or his Mormon upbringing that causes this lack of self-esteem but it's danger it's like not dangerous but it's like the pa- the pathos is severe when I am with him sometimes mm-hmm. and um, there's a bartender at another bar who was a former mormon um obviously drinks a lot obviously um he's you know he's been doing that for 10 years like he's going to be doing it for 10 more years probably he's not like this you know aggressively moving forward um like get ahead type if that makes sense right right which is cool that's his life that's cool why not that was a dog, I hope, jumping into uh, the pond. Yes. <laughs> I thought
0: that. I thought the same thing when I was coming down. Like I heard a splash. Like I, people better not be swimming
1: in there. That's gross. <laughs> um, but it's been really interesting to have this moment of my life where I decide to be out as a gay man and not be a Mormon anymore. Happened away from Zion. Happened in the quote-unquote mission field, right? Right. And still, the tribal was huge and um, still I wanted you know there's some things about Mormonism that apparently still something something for me I don't know. The the
0: meeting uh, like that's something I didn't even think about like meeting people outside like randomly like oh hey you happen to be Mormon or um, the the, the Catholic from Utah. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's this guy I met in Chicago through another friend He's not Mormon, but he was raised in Utah. And so,
1: like, as soon as we found that out, we just clicked right away. Hmm. Because you had something in common, Yeah, right? exactly, yeah. And it's interesting because I think that that is, it's actually not responsible for that much of the connection, I don't believe. It just- It's uh, like a starting point. <sighs> it's a yeah. catalyst, right? Oh, excuse me, I should I brought a drink? So it's a catalyst for, or just a, an attitude change, right? If I'm, I may not be suspicious per se, but I'm not necessarily open, or n- people in general are not necessarily open to uh, an affinity with whomever they might meet, right? Right. And so if, but it but really, people are generally nice. It's just that they need to have a reason to feel a little bit of trust, and then it goes from there, right? So. Right. It could be, you know, um, the, the gay world is kind of fraught um, because of all of the dating and the shallowness and stuff like that, but. Uh, so I don't have a don't have an example of being in a situation where I see another gay person and I'm like hey we're both gay we've got an affinity because that hasn't happened to me ever in my life and I've only had a year and a half of being out where I would want that to happen (laughs) if it happened before I came out it would be a very (laughs) stressful thing right so um, you know whenever you're in an unfamiliar place or in an unfamiliar crowd familiarity the value of familiarity becomes much greater right right And so, um, like you live in Chicago now, if you saw somebody wearing a Chicago shirt in a crowd full of people, who would you pick to talk to? The person with the Chicago shirt.
0: I was actually on the tracks today and there was a lady wearing a Chicago shirt.
1: I didn't talk to her though. But did you feel more likely to talk to her than the random person on the train? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it didn't, maybe it didn't pass the threshold of talking at all Mm -hmm. in that case, but it certainly changed how you thought of that person. Right? Right. Um... And it's interesting how people have uh, do signals like that. Like we don't have plumage like birds, but we wear you know logoed hats with affinities and companies that we like or institutions that we like or whatever it is. Or even if we don't like them, we've chosen to wear it. At least we haven't thrown that piece of clothing away per se, right? So at least we don't have anything too negative about it. I um I carefully selected the shirts I brought for this um, for. Reformation so it's fun I don't I do you still wear garments no did you ever
0: um I did yeah, yeah. Uh, but I stopped wearing them like I was going kind of in and out when I first moved um, but December is when I finally stopped completely just now yeah wow I actually kind of like garments
1: what I, I mean
0: oh <laughs> I don't know why it, I think it's just because it's
1: that's because you're thin <laughs> um, <laughs> it's because you don't get overheated as fast, as quickly as, ampler folks. <laughs> uh, no, it's 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 the
0: connection, okay. and like I like feeling that connection still to to Mormonism, even if I didn't believe anymore. Hmm. Um, like it. Uh, like it made me feel other, but not in a bad way. Like it was, like while I was with friends and stuff, like it was a physical reminder of like. I do come from a different place and background than them and that makes me unique mm-hmm. and I like that and then also like maybe I'll run into another gay mormon who will see the garments and start talking to
1: me or something I don't know oh okay uh, but yeah then they definitely yeah. signal wi- outside of the gay world from mormon to mormon right people yeah. look for the eternal smile which is the yeah. scoop neck right? yeah so I was happy to stop wearing the tops especially and the bottoms after a while too because um I can wear tank tops in hot weather. Yeah, like I am right now. And <coughs> if you don't have another layer, maybe that changes the size you can wear. So, I think it does. I mean, depends on the person and the size and stuff. But yeah, um, I was I still find underwear c- really fun because now I get to buy whatever underwear I want. I can choose which ones to wear, and they're right. all different. They feel different in different ways in different days, and they interact with the pants in different ways. I was wearing a particularly long pair of boxer briefs the other day with some shorts and they were sticking out and I was like, Oh (laughs) throwback. I remember those days pulling my garments up so they wouldn't show under the shorts all the time, right? But that's a big change is, like when you're wearing garments, you're constantly reminded
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and the absence of them, I'm reminded of too often. Um, I'm still kind of shy About my shoulder showing, right, a year and a half later. But it's hot, so I'm okay. And then um, I used to wear much longer shorts. I'm standing up now so you can see shorts on me. These are actually not that short because I lost a little weight. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if the short cuts you off right there, you look pretty bad, in my opinion. Yeah. Like basketball shorts where you just have the leg coming out with no knee showing is not flattering. So I immediately got shorter shorts because I had shorter underwear so that my legs look better. Um, and I've, I've st- because I've lost weight, I'm wearing a little bit tighter sh- shirts, but also because it's okay to show my body off because people like my body, which yeah. is a big surprise, right? So when I was first, I never, I never did anything with a man. The closest I ever came was, um, there were back rubs and drama in high school and right? right. in the an improv team. So sometimes it would be a boy back rubbing the back of a boy or a boy rubbing my back. Very noticeable. Mm-hmm. And, and when I was growing up, I was convinced that all, like when I was a little young teenager, 12, maybe, maybe 11, probably not, but 12, 13. I was convinced that all boys looked at boys like I did. That all boys thought that boys were handsome and sexy or whatever. Not that I knew what sexy was, really. Right. Then I gradually realized that, no, they don't think that. At the same time, I was compartmentalizing this identity of liking men, I didn't even use the word gay, into a separate thing. I would look at pictures of men, and I felt bad about it and confessed, and confessed my mission even about it, but I never really saw the flamboyantly gay kid, or even a kid that I figured out was gay, in high school or college, and thought, that is like me. I am like that person. I never felt like that was my tribe, that I was part of that group of people, the LGBTQIA, non-straight ally people right yeah, yeah. and um, I was convinced I had crushes on girls and I would ask them out and I dated girls to try to get them to marry me and one of them did marry me turns out she's gay too and we came out to each other uh, a year and a half ago she has a girlfriend now who lives in the one of the bedrooms in our house Aww. and I live in another bedroom and the kids each have a bedroom we have a 14 year old son and who is 6'2 six 6'3 six taller than me he likes to point out and uh, a 12-year-old daughter, who's also quite tall, and um, we, that's our new modern happy family, but all those years of being married to her, and before that, I never thought of myself as, like, I even never even said in my head, I am gay, mm-hmm. until she said that she wanted to date women after she was already not really going to church, and I was like, well, is there anything you'd like to say, she said to me, and I was like, like, what? Still didn't even occur to me there's anything on my side of that conversation, even though she thought that I was bisexual, maybe or something like that. Um, and uh, finally, I said the words out loud, "I am gay" to her, and it was like I couldn't even move. I couldn't even like I couldn't run over to get hugged by her. I, it was strange. We had this conversation. She was in the bed and I was standing for like an hour and a half, a long time to stand. Mm-hmm near the door of the bedroom like ready to flee maybe but facing her and back to the door and in other cases maybe if we've had a breakthrough moment in other arguments as a married couple or whatever we might hug it out or cry in each other's arms maybe if it was really dramatic i was rooted to the spot and i was not and it was because the vulnerability was extreme completely extreme and i knew that she would be supportive she just come out to me right? right that brain wasn't working it was the emotions working and i was i was so i guess i was scared but mostly i was just overwhelmed by it all and then we did cry and hug and talked about it and figured it out she's like there's something called prep i looked it up i was like oh okay what are you <laughs> talking about and um she's fantastic you're gonna love her when you meet her she's not at the sh- at the conference this time but um so growing up i never really had those experiences i would have like a, a single male friend that I was really close to. Mm-hmm. And when thinking back, all of those male friends, I thought, there was one who I n- never really thought was, was handsome, but he was that was when I was really young, like 10 maybe was the last time we were friends. From 11 on, my best friend was always quite handsome. I am realizing now, thinking back. Right. And it was never a group of boys. It was always just me and one other boy. And I was t- could not navigate when it was a group of boys. I got very confused. But a group of girls, no problem. In fact, I just had a three-hour-long talk over brownies and Rice Krispie Treats with (laughs) one male friend, the college version of my close male friend, and one, two, three, four women. There would have been two more, except they're out of town, who were kind of my, you know, cadre of girlfriends in high school. Yeah. Which is, those are both very, you know, they seem like, they seem like they were clues, right? But I never... Messed around with a boy, another boy. I never messed around with another missionary. I remember when I first got on my mission, or not when I first got on my mission, but when my companion was new, when I was a trainer for the first time, my, my companion was very handsome and had a nice body. And that hadn't really happened up until that point. So we were both trying to be fit. We lived on the 22nd floor of our apartment building in Moscow, Russia. Mm-hmm. And so we would run up and down the stairs a little bit until we ran into somebody. And then it was like too weird to be <laughs> in the stairwell working out, <laughs> so we had to we had to figure out something in the apartment to do. And he said, "Well, why don't we wrestle? I used to wrestle in high school." And I was like, "Oh, well, how do you do that? I don't know. Well, how you do that is you're all over each other." <laughs> <laughs> and just getting it w- so the first time that happened, I was just kind of surprised by the whole thing. From that point on, I would just get into the stance, put my hands on his big round shoulders, and feel his on mine, and get an erection, and be mm-hmm. like, "I'm tired, Elder. I need to stop. I'm done." over and over again, morning after morning, for yeah. weeks. That was the closest that ever happened on my mission. He never saw, I don't think, maybe. Um, well, married a yeah. woman. I was gonna say, like if, if he did, he didn't say anything, that was pretty solid of him. That's true, see? Yeah. What a good dude. So, um, probably happens in wrestling. I'm, I mean, rub around on a teenage boy, he's gonna get an erection even if he's straight, probably. Right, yeah, like when you a teenage boy, everything gives you an erection. Exactly. So um, he pr- probably had seen it before. I didn't really worry about like, I'm sure he thought it was a little odd and maybe he noticed, but he was also kind of a quiet guy mm-hmm. and shot, and he would never have said anything, no matter what, even if he was, it, it wasn't his chillness that kept him quiet. It was his quietness, if that makes sense, his yeah. shyness. But it turned out to be solid and chill too. Uh, married my wife, having a ne- uh, virgin on my, my, my wedding night, so was she. Nothing with anybody our whole marriage until we agreed that we were going outside the marriage. And um, then I would talk to these men who are on these groups where I feel so much survivor's guilt because I'm both the jilter and the jiltee. Yeah. So they have all these straight women who hate their guts and try to take their kids away. And I have to check out sometimes because I'm so not even able to handle it. Just heartbreaking. And They will talk about how, for years, they were stepping out on their wives, with keeping this big secret, actually sleeping with men. And that they would fool around with boys when they were young. I was like, what? (laughs) And so part of me is like, I missed out. This sucks. I I feel like that was taken from me. On the other side, I realized that if I had done that, I would have been torn up with guilt. And I already, like, just from not doing the dishes, I get so guilty that I yell people in my house because that's how i respond to feeling guilty is i get cranky and mean which just <laughs> makes it worse so um i'm sure it's for the best and if i believe that god interv- intervened in our lives which i don't i would be grateful f- to him for setting that up for me but now i mostly feel like i'm lucky in that way because i'm unlucky in other ways just like everyone is not that i really believe in luck either i just believe life is what it is but i do believe there's a life force that that there's something that binds us together that isn't just science and chemicals yeah how many of these have you done
0: this is my second one. Oh, okay yeah it was supposed to be the third but the one for this morning had to be rescheduled unfortunately i'm learning as i'm going yeah <laughs> like i like i don't know like i wonder if i should but ask more questions like, like so far peop- people along to have people ready have go. been um again just two people like you and Skype have been doing really well. Um, just going with your stories. Like, it, you're saying them, and that's great. Like, I don't feel like I need to lead you at all.
1: Well, did I finish? Let's see. No, I interrupted no, you. you got a text. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sorry. So. No, I'm okay. so sorry. Just help me get back to it. Um, uh, guys
0: who would cheat on their wives, and you feel guilty just for not doing the dishes. Right.
1: Yeah. So, um, because, you know, in some ways, people ask me, One of my, my, friend from high school last night asked me, are you bitter for the church for Mm -hmm. depriving, for not being gay friendly? Um, and I'm going to say one more concept about the church and gayness after, after that too. Okay. I I think that'll wrap it up. But the, um, I I said, no, uh, bitterness is not the word I would say. You know, maybe if I didn't have these, any kids and therefore those 16 years of marriage, all they were was time spent with this other person that was the wrong gender. Mm-hmm. I would be a little bitter, but I have these kids and I love them, and yeah. I love the fact that the, they're they're who they are that yeah. they have ha- that they're half their mother, that that uh, you know we had that history as a nuclear family for a while was probably of certain benefit, um, but uh, different than if I'd adopted kids as a gay man or or had a surrogate or whatever. So. That kind of assuages all of that bitterness and changes it into wistfulness. Yeah, and I'm, ki- I'm the kind of person who I just want inputs. I want to experience everything. I have really bad FOMO and really bad exclusion Complexes like I want to be in the meeting. I want to be part of this Because I just want to yeah. have all the inputs. I want to experience everything there is to experience and so I'm a little wistful that that's an experience. I'll never have um, But uh, not really bitter so those are my responses as a gay man to the Mormon church. The one response I'm not having is expecting it to change.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to everybody. I'm sorry again for the missing last third of the interview, but, you know, them's the apples. Uh, thank you, Steve, for reaching out even though you didn't know me. And thanks to Britton for all of the images he's done for Queer Steak. Big thanks to Pink Pocket Squares for the use of their song Tainted Rhythm. And fun fact, Pink Pocket Squares is actually just me and my friend Dave. Um, Dave is a great musician, and you should check out his band Telesomniac, they're doing pretty well in the Provo music scene. Finally, you will hear from me again in two weeks. Until then. All of that um. tainted t- 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 t-